0: Welcome to the Everyday PM Podcast, the podcast where we discuss project management principles for your everyday life. My name is Anne Campia, and I am a certified project program manager with about a decade of experience working for healthcare, design and development, and tech industries. I'm so excited to have you all join us for this week's topic on the Project Management Professional Exam, or better known as the PMP Exam. Also joining me is Jonathan Green. Jonathan, give folks a brief introduction on yourself for those listening in for the first time.
1: Hey, guys. Uh, I am also a project management professional, uh, having the uh, good fortune of actually studying for one of the PMP certifications with uh, the, the, <laughs> the host of this podcast. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I, <laughs> I've been out in LA for about 15 years now. Uh, I came out here kind of uh, pursuing project management As it related to production and video production, I started off at a a live streaming startup, uh, helping them build out their their programming uh, and production principles. Uh, Then I transitioned over to a marketing agency, uh, helping them build uh, websites and apps and kiosks and all sorts of fun Uh, Games and interactive experiences promoting movies that were coming out and theme parks and all that good stuff, Uh, working with a lot of talented designers and developers. Uh, Then I moved on to another uh, startup production company uh, that was primarily uh, producing short form unscripted content, but we were uh, creating content for about a dozen different social media platforms and syndicating everywhere we possibly could. I am now currently uh, in a editorial project management position over at Roku.
0: Yeah, which I am very proud of you for, by the way. But I, you mentioned it mentioned it up front that I first have to thank you because you are really the reason for pushing me to retake, and I, I, I say I will say that again, retake the PMP exam back in November because. I maybe of a small percentage of folks took the exam back in 2014 and just forgot about adding up my PDUs to renew it. So here we are um, back in November. Uh, Johnny John, I'm going to call you Johnny through this, but Johnny decided, oh, he wants to get certified. You know, what's the process for it? He really started to dig into project management and the actual certification, and it really did motivate me to then say, you know what? If I'm going to continue to pursue this career and really stick um, stick the landing with this career, that I also should go back and get certified. And I think the first thing that I want to say about the certification is that it's becoming more broadly known, right? It's it's a global certification. It's it's there's about 500,000 project managers who hold this certification. And now you're seeing when you look at job descriptions that many companies look for the PMP when hiring project managers. So I wanted to ask you first about the reason why you decided to pursue the PMP exam. Sure. Uh,
1: So uh, I guess I should say throughout that that brief kind of history I I gave myself, uh, throughout even when I was building the the websites and apps for the, the movie studios, I was, I was kind of working as a project manager, but I, I wasn't certified um, back then. Um, I was, I think they called it a producer or lead producer, but, you know, and for all intents and purposes, it was a project manager. You were kind of the, the, the key person kind of responsible for all these, you know, and deadlines and milestones and communication and stakeholders and all this other fun stuff. And that was always a role that I felt kind of comfortable in. Uh, mm-hmm. I liked kind of, you know, in organizing this information, being responsible, kind of keeping everybody in the loop, you know, and being in the driver's seat kind of, so to speak, um, responsible for making sure a, a, a project finishes the, you know, in the, the finish line finishes yeah. the finish line. Um, <laughs> yeah. And, and, the PMP certification was always something that was like floating out in the ether in terms of, I knew that this was a thing that I could tr- kind of do if I, if I wanted to kind of legitimize my, myself for my experience, or I think more than anything, I was curious if my real world experience, how well that translated to, to this kind of certification, because I had never prior to talking to you even about it, I wasn't, I, I just knew it was like a big test. I knew it was like known to be difficult (laughs) and it was like $500 to like take it. And there was like rules about when you could retake it if you failed it. And I was like, okay, interesting. Like it, it feels like this credential has some, some weight within the industry. Uh, And I was really curious if my kind of ad hoc uh, amateur project management experience, if you will, um, how well that would translate to, you know, into this, whatever this traditional certification was.
0: And I suspect that you are among many in the reasons why you decided to pursue the certification. I think for me, it's very similar reasons in terms of legitimizing all of the years of experience that I've had as a project manager, um, title or not, but all of that skill sets that you've built that feed into being a PM, uh, this certification now, you know, is is kind of the de, de facto standard in the field, right? So it's it was established in 1984 by the Project Management Institute, or PMI, and it really has become the industry standard. Like I said earlier, that the hiring managers are looking for this now, whether or not they actually know what the certification proves in terms of your abilities is is another podcast yeah. or another topic for another podcast, but. You know, the fact that it is recognized internationally, um, the fact that for you, you know, it was very similar to legitimize the experiences you've had. Um, I think for all those very reasons, if you're considering taking the PMP exam, think about what what it will mean for you. Are you a new project manager who wants to set yourself apart from those who are starting out in the industry are you a project manager who has been a PM for several decades now, and you just want to make sure you solidify where you stand and legitimize, I love that word when we were talking about this, legitimize all the experiences you've had. So it's something to think about as you consider the PMP certification. Now, I think we want to move into how you actually qualify for the exam, right? It's not an exam that you just, get up one day and say, okay, I'm going to go take it, right? There's there's a lot of things that you need to qualify for in terms of their requirements in order to even take the PMP exam. You have to have a number of years of experience or hours, excuse me, a no- number of hours of experience, which equates to Um, I think it's maybe a year of experience or, or, or longer Um, you have to have uh, uh, I believe hours in the different knowledge areas that PMI is looking for. So there's all of these things that you actually have to account for before PMI actually comes back and says, Jonathan, you're qualified. We deem you qualified. You have the experience, you have the uh, minimum 7,500 hours of experience and you have a secondary degree, or if you're, Uh, You have a primary degree and you have 4,500 hours of experience and et cetera, like all of those requirements, we deem you ready to take the exam. Did you have any issues when you looked at the PMP requirements in terms of having to um, flex any of the experience you've had or were you already ready to flex is a, is a light word here, but did you yeah. have the, the, did you have the requirements that were needed to take the exam or qualify to take the exam right away? Or was there some areas that you still needed to work on?
1: Uh, I think flex is a good word. Um, I, there, so from what I remember of that kind of, uh, pre-approval process, yeah, it was almost like you had to kind of re-break down your resume for PMI, to yeah. explain your job history in, in much finer detail to them or how, like how it mapped, as you said, to, to some of the knowledge areas, how, and so, you know, and, uh, on my resume, I was just like, yeah, I was the, um, you know, in project manager, making sure, you know, marketing websites were designed, built and delivered just specifications to specifications, to the studios, but you had to, completely reword and re-describe this experience in each of these knowledge areas uh you know and and then try and figure out try and remember how your uh, time broke down uh in those various capacities so that you could kind of come up with an estimate for hours you think you spent in these different areas and then i think there was um like you had to put, uh, you couldn't just say this stuff. Like you had to say like, this is the company, this is where it right. is. This is where, this is contact information for who you could, if you, uh, so I think that it's a little bit like taxes in that, yep. you know, and maybe 60 to 80% of these pre-applications just kind of get rubber stamped and then 25, 20% of them get audited or something. And then they actually call and check up on your history and try and see did you actually have this many hours in these knowledge areas, blah, blah, blah. But I, I think I was able to, you know, inflex my, my work history <laughs> in, in a way that, uh, Hey, I, I was approved to take the test, but yeah, it was the, the, the time required. Uh, it's not something that you can kind of um, leave to that last minute and, and fill out. Like you're going to need a, 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 a few hours to uh, to a couple days to, to, to fill out the stuff beforehand to even qualify.
0: Absolutely. Yeah. And, and, and to your point, you know, you you can be flexible in the way that you map your experience, right? So if you're considering, considering the exam and you're looking at the PMP requirements and you're thinking, Oh, there's no way that I can satisfy what they're asking for. When you actually look at your work experience, I would say for many of you, you may actually be surprised to see that you meet the minimum required hours um, of of work experience that they're asking for. It may not be that you have a project manager title stamped against those years of experience where you were managing schedules, looking over budgets, doing resource capacity planning, uh, those types of things that you might have been doing for a role that wasn't titled project manager, but really do dig into your resume to Jonathan's point. You know, it's it's an exercise in looking at your previous experiences and understanding if they will map to the requirements. There is an education requirement, which is relatively flexible. Um, you can either have a secondary degree, which will qualify you for the exam on top of the uh, 35 hours of certified or accredited project management education. And then you also will need five years of project management experience and the minimum is 75 hours of experience. It sounds like so much, but if you've been working in uh, whatever capacity where you are kind of wearing the hat of a PM, think about it. I think you may be able to figure out how to quote unquote, flex your resume to map to the requirements so yeah,
1: especially if you have like volunteer work or any yeah, you know exactly. anything else like there's there's ways of just describing where you're responsible
0: yes that's a, that's exactly it right and it's in the same vein that you would look at your resume if there's a job that you're interested in and you kind of do a mapping between job description and your resume it's a very similar exercise that you can do for yourself so um definitely don't be uh, you know turned away by the fact that you are, the requirements look very daunting, I think, dig in and see if, if you actually qualify. Um, so then we get to the exam, right? So before all of this, we'll talk about prep tips, etc., and kind of what you and I did to be able to prepare for the exam. But you and I took the exam in November of 2019 2020. Do I have that right? 2020, no, 2019. No, wait, wait, wait. Yeah, we were all in a
1: dark place. <laughs> my, November My times
0: are very different. That's right. That's right. And and we'll get to why now. I remember why what year we were in because we were not in the COVID era yet. Um, but we took the PMP exam at a time where it still had kind of its basic components of processes, the your environmental factors and your EFS and EFS and O. But I forget what the different acronyms were that we used to study, but your different inputs and outputs, all those things, right, of all of the project management plans and process groups that you uh, would infuse as a PM. You know, they're testing you hard on these knowledge areas. They're testing you hard on these project management principles. Pause there for a second, because I wanted to take it at that time for a very specific reason. Because starting in um, 2021, I believe it was, January of this year, the PMP exam pivoted all of the areas that it was testing in. And now they've included something to try to test folks on soft skills. And there's a whole component of the exam now that focuses on people. And according to, uh, I think, PMI or a, a different institution that's broken down the exam, about 42% of the test now involves this people domain. I'm so curious now to see what the exam looks like and how you even test for soft skills. But that aside, you know, the exam we took was very by the PEMBOC, right, Jonathan? Um, yeah. All of the knowledge areas. Um, what else What else do you think that came up in there that I'm not thinking of here, but basically the ins and outs of the PEMBOK, I would say, is what the previous exam was looking
1: for. And some limited math.
0: <laughs> limited math as well. You're right. The, uh, uh, what was it again? EV, <laughs> all these things, all these things that we memorized. And then now I... Yeah. Do you use? Okay, we'll get to that. I want to know if you use any of those mathematical um, right. formulas. But uh, needless to say, we chose a very specific way of how we wanted to prepare for this, right? Um, and when we were discussing, when you were taking it, when I was taking it, we both aligned that we thought doing a four-day boot camp and then taking the exam on the fifth day was the right thing to do. Um. Did was there any other options that you thought of in terms of how you want to study for the exam that uh before we settled on taking the boot camp together? Uh
1: no, I, I think I I was in a position where I think I, I was I was lucky enough to be able to budget for something like a boot camp. Um, I I don't know the you know in costs and kind of the different regions, but I think where we were, it was, you know, in over a thousand dollars. Um, and that's a big ch- chunk of money to, to, to a lot of people. And mm-hmm. so I was, I was lucky enough to know that I had the, the time and I could budget for this because I really wanted to just expedite the, the, um, the amount of time it kind of, it's, it's a, it's kind of a crash course, right? It's a crash course to prepare you. And then you take it and you kind of, you're in or, you're in and you're out. Um, I did have a friend, however, that, that parallel to us was kind of just studying on his own using, uh, the free materials that he just kind of Googled. There's, there's a lot of tutorials on YouTube, a lot of documentation that exists, um, that he, he kind of self studied and, uh, you know, he, he didn't pay for, a. uh, I call it a crash course it's probably derogatory but like a preparation course he didn't feel the need to pay for a preparation course he kind of just studied on his own and then took and passed the um past the exam so he did still have to obviously pay oh, for the exam great. and I think it's a little more spent wait maybe it's not maybe no it's the same price I guess um so yeah depending on how but he I think he just knew that he could uh hold himself accountable. I think I was looking for that external accountability. Like I, I wanted to really have someone holding my feet to the fire, you know, and really kind of jumping in there and, and studying kind of hardcore for God, 14 hours a day, 14, 15 hours <laughs> yes, a day. Yes. Just because I, I know that's how I've been kind of successful at testing in the past. And so, but there are plenty of other uh options out there, you know, depending on what your schedule and budget allows.
0: Yeah, exactly. And very similar to you. Very s- similar sentiments as to why I decided to go with the bootcamp as well. And in both, both times I took the exam, I used the same uh, bootcamp uh, company to prepare. They have uh, several companies out there. If again, as Jonathan pointed out, you had the budget for it and you can afford to also take the days off for it. Right. Because uh, yeah. at the time that we took it, Going back now to why I realized what year you we were in is because you actually go to a physical location. Um, you'll probably want to book a hotel if it's not in the town that you're living in, or you don't want to make a commute. So you are basically putting yourself in a box for four days. Test, you know, doing practice exams, uh, learning from the ex- instructor. It, it really is. I like the word boot camp because it that's what it is. It's a boot camp to prepare yourself so that. If you test well enough in their practice exams, by the fifth day, when you're done with the boot camp, you can actually schedule your PMP exam and take it on the fifth day and try to pass it. And I think you and I did very similar things in that we we went right for it right after we studied. To me, everything was fresh in my mind. I didn't want to lose oh, yeah. everything <clears throat> that we learned. Um, I will also highlight that Jonathan scored higher than I did <laughs> the, on the exam. Amazing, right? Because if you think about it, I've taken the exam before. I should have, in theory, scored pretty well, but Jonathan did a kick-ass job. He scored like, what, 90-something percent on above, all of the knowledge areas or something? Above
1: target in yes, every area. <laughs> amazing.
0: It was amazing, but super yeah. proud of him. But here's the thing. It depends on, you know, the type of person you are when it comes to studying. Case in point, you've got a friend who self-studied, knows how to keep on track, whatever that is for you, think about it, make a schedule for yourself, just as you would a schedule for your project, right? Make a schedule for yourself, make a plan, whether it's self-study, you pay money for a bootcamp or whatever, um, and then move forward with that plan and also set some deadlines for yourself if you're thinking of taking the exam you know, what's that goal? I want to take it in two months. I want to take it in six months, whatever that may be, um, really start to set the parameters when you're planning to take the PMP. I think that's super helpful. And again, very thankful to Jonathan, because he's the reason why I push myself to take it as well. Um, so when we go into the actual exam, it's about four hours. they give you about four hours, right. And there's roughly about 175 questions Um, where they're testing you, like we said, on these different knowledge areas. Um, Moving forward, though, with the exam being revamped, it looks like it's 42% of the exam will be on people. 50% will be on process. So that's probably translates to the exam we took, Jonathan. And then 8% is on business environment. Now, here's some of the things I didn't know. And I'm going to call some of these out. And you tell me if you knew this before we took the exam, okay? Did you know that they don't actually, so PMI doesn't actually grade all of the uh, questions or your responses, like they don't grade all 175 questions. I did not know that. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I had no idea either. Um, I also didn't know that there are some questions that are built in that, that are just not supposed to ever be like if you answer it right or wrong, doesn't it really doesn't matter? Like they're I don't know if they're dummy questions or what, but the way that this crash course, um, dot com breaks down the PMP is there's there's speci- no specific number of questions that must be answered correctly in order to pass the PMP exam. Each question is graded based on its relative difficulty meaning that if you get all the easy questions right but get all of the hard ones wrong you could still fail the exam. Like I no no I had no idea and I think this would have total I don't if I knew this going into the yeah, exam I... <laughs>
1: I think that the your best, I think this this doesn't necessarily help you if you're pl- planning to take it. Just pretend that everything matters because we have no insight into which one of the questions is, is maybe a, a freebie and which one actually counts. So just treat every question as if it, it counts and is important and you'll be fine.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes, exactly. Um, all right. So then moving on to uh, I will throw out one more statistic and I'm not I swear I'm not trying to scare listeners or anything from taking the exam, but I thought this was interesting that the fail rate for the PMP exam is actually estimated to be 40 to 50 percent for the first-time test takers. Isn't that incredible?
1: I could see that. I would I would be very curious what the fail rate is for, for people that do invest in something like a boot camp, because right. I can say that that was a thousand percent worth it like if 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 you are um uh like a, a hard worker or if you're willing to kind of put in that effort if you have some real world experience and if you can afford something like the boot camp that re- they that is a whole company that is designed to give you every piece of information and tool you need to succeed on that test and i think that's one of the reasons why i I I budgeted for it because I I knew that I needed somebody in my corner. You know what I mean? Yep. It's like, can you can you get fit working out on your own? Absolutely. Um, can you get fitter faster if you have a trainer that's yelling at you? <laughs> <laughs> depending d- depending on your personality, maybe yes. And right. so I I think that PMTI or whatever the the group was that that we used for our boot camp, I think they boast about their, um, pass, uh, percentage just because it's, you know, it's so incredibly high, maybe compared to people that just kind of go in cold and and just try and take it without even reading the PMBOK or something.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I agree. I think, and I it's PMTI and I believe their pass rate was something like 98, 96, something high, 95%. The other thing that it offers, if again, if you can afford it and invest in it is the bootcamp will offer, um, if you fail the exam, you can take it again. And I believe they pay for it. And then it also gives you PDUs to put against. So actually going through the bootcamp counts as PDUs. So PDUs are those hours that you need to put against to prove that you are continuing to practice project management, right? So even after you pass the exam, there's so many hours you have to fulfill to be able to re-up the um, certification every three years. And so just going through their boot camp, sitting in there for four days, actually counts as hours against, I believe, um, your initial re-up of your certification and so there's all these things that they kind of throw in, like there's another course you can take after you've passed the exam, which will give you additional PDUs. So there's a lot of goodness in looking into those, but again, it's, it's, it's a different plan for everybody. Um, so definitely just consider what plan is best for you.
1: And I would say if you're listening to a podcast about uh, project management and studying for the PMP. <laughs> you're, you're already in pretty good shape in terms of the effort level you're willing to put into something like this. Uh, and so even if you do choose to, to self-study, I would guess that you're the kind of person that can, you know, and hold yourself accountable and, uh, you know, <laughs> would be on the positive side of that 50% passing rather than the negative.
0: Yeah. Agreed. Agreed. Um, and let's roll with that for a second, right. With the PMP exam kind of what are the benefits you get once you become certified um what are the best careers that you can essentially leverage the pmp as the three letters after your first and last name on your linkedin profile for example or your resume like what are those areas that you can benefit from i think obviously if you're looking to go into a project manager role pmp certification is going to help uh program manager roles probably very similar pmp certification is going to help Um, do you feel that you've been able to leverage the certification, just the, uh, notoriety of it, you know, in terms of either, uh, more traction on your uh, professional profile or nailing that next job?
1: Oh, a hundred percent. I mean, there, there's, uh, those, those letters and that certification, when, when you put it on your, your LinkedIn and your resume, um, that is, that is the, the, what's the 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 dang the, the sparkly lure to recruiters for sure um in terms of what they're looking for um it does help you stand out there are n- n- when i was looking for work there were numerous applic- uh, job postings that specifically referenced it uh as either required or like a really nice to have to, to help you stand out um it's such, just such, um, one of the reasons I was going after it was it's such kind of like a ubiquitous uh, c- credential in terms of, I knew it was going to be useful in almost any industry that I was interested in. Um, and I was kind of, again, more tied into the entertainment industry and kind of marketing and production and stuff like that. But I knew that like, you can take this knowledge anywhere and you will build a better, more efficient team, uh, you will have better communication, better documentation, better transparency. Like, so I just knew that, you know, even if I was going into a, a marketing role or, a, you know, a communications role or, a, you know, in a technical development role or even pro- a product management role to a degree, um, this was going to be very, very useful. And I think the hiring managers that I spoke to along the way clearly understood the value of that. Oh, that's
0: certification. Good. Oh, that's good. Good news. I think. Yeah. I think as it becomes more recognized, more PMs or future PMs are holding the certification. That's that's definitely helpful to know that recruiters actually um, understand what the certification means um, in their potential candidates. So, I think that will do it for us and this episode about the project management exam. Um, look, if you're preparing for or planning to take the PMP, the the process itself may be a little bit challenging, right? You've got to get uh, yourself aligned to whatever that schedule is, how you're going to study for it, your finances aligned to be able to take the exam, do your resume mapping to have the qualifying hours to be able to take the exam. So there's a few things that you do need to plan for if you're considering taking the PMP exam. But look, I think as uh, Jonathan put it, I think earning your certification will certainly open up, you know, your professional space. It may open up job opportunities um, both locally and internationally. Now that it's an internationally recognized certification, um, we hope that you found this information useful in terms of our thought process for why we decided that the PMP, uh, taking the PMP exam, and actually getting the certification has been helpful for each of us in our professional careers, and we hope that you consider doing the same for yourself if you think it's the right thing for yourself to do um, to advance yourself in your particular industry as well. So um, definitely reach out to Jonathan or I on LinkedIn. uh, If you have more questions on this topic, Uh, we are somewhat fresh off of getting uh, going through the exam, taking it and getting the certification locked in. So happy to answer any questions you may have. So, Jonathan, thank you so much for joining me on the Everyday PM podcast. Where can folks follow you on social media, or if you have a LinkedIn profile, definitely um, plug that away too.
1: Yeah, it's uh, Jonathan Green PMP on uh, LinkedIn. Uh, so feel free to to say hello there. And uh, yeah, I just just don't just take the preparation seriously. If you if you're serious if you're seriously considering uh, this certification um, you know, just, just take, take that preparation seriously and, 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 and study your best. Uh, cause I think that, um, maybe the reason that it has such a, a daunting successor or failure rate is just because, you know, I, maybe people go into it uh, a little more lackadaisical or, you know, I'm just seeing it as a, a standard kind of industry certification versus something that really requires some, some due diligence and some, some time spent on the material. So if you're willing to put that time into the material, I think you'll be in a a good shape for this certification.
0: Words of wisdom from Jonathan Green, PMP, just want to emphasize the letters after his name. That's awesome. And again, thank you for joining me on this episode, as well as being my motivation to retake and pass the exam as well. Um, super thankful for you and, um, your, your inspiration to, Go, go, through the process all over again for myself. Um, if you guys can f- also find support or motivation, like Jonathan has been for me, that will also help. So definitely, um, tune into the next, the everyday PM podcast for more project related, uh, project management related topics. Um, my name is Anne Campia and you can also follow me on LinkedIn. You, there is also an everydaypm.com or uh, the everyday PM group on LinkedIn as well that you can follow. Um, and also check out other posts and other podcasts on theeverydaypm.com. Thanks so much for joining me. And until next time, everybody. Take care.